I am pumped. Me What's too. up, everybody? What's up? So uh, we announced a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, that uh, that Mike Delaney was joining. Um, that was going to be last week's episode, but apparently there was a snafu where only Brad got recorded. No, it's and, a uh, that's what everyone, And that's what landed in everyone's feeds last yeah. week. Yeah, it's a setup. The week before. So, uh, so our... <laughs> So Mike Delaney joining the podcast is is going well so far. Um, yeah, we've done it really well. He edited that episode, made me sound like an idiot. It was wonderful. I appreciate it. Now the bong rips. I think were my favorite. Yeah, everybody thinks that I do drugs. <laughs> that amazing. And uh, I'm insane, and I talk about microphones a lot. You live in Florida. Everyone assumed you did drugs anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Mike will hopefully be joining next week. Hopefully I will as well as my schedule uh, starting to open up a little bit. Uh, so that's that's a good thing. I'm going to try to reserve uh, my Sunday mornings for Screamcast time. So um, that'd be great. All right. If that, if that can happen. Uh, so we're going to do another, I guess, kind of what's on your doorstep. And then I think next week we will, uh, or next week or next show, we'll be a little more organized. Finally, we'll get our asses in gear and no. This and, is what it's going to be like. This is what's on right? your doorstep every episode. Every episode? Yeah. No, we gotta have some sort of. We gotta have some sort of. Uh, You're not gonna be here. You know, structure. <laughs> Shut up. So, I only have a few things to talk about. But what did, what's going on, uh, Mike? When he when he was gonna be joining, uh, he said we're they're gonna you all were gonna be talking about y'all. We're going to be talking about what you talked about last time that got cut out. Uh, so I don't know if that's the plan, what you what you think. Fuck Mike, he's but, not even uh, here. We're going to do what we want. We're going to talk about new things. No, okay. one, no one wants to hear us talk about fucking Hellboy. We're done. Hellboy's... <laughs> hey, I, I had again. some really good insights, man. We'll we'll talk about it because that's that's on my list of things to talk about. Because uh, I watched it. Ha! Time. Brad. No going away hear that. about Hellboy again. Whatever. Um, Whatever. <laughs> like I said, I don't have. I really don't have much because I've been so busy. All right, uh, I don't have much, but, but let's 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 That's let's fun. do this. Let's um, start the show, everybody. <laughs> are we recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I brought us into the show. We're we are recording. recording. So, um, I watched rewatched because it's been a, been a little while. Um, I watched uh, Who Can Kill a Child. Um. Oh. This movie I saw when I was, I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago. Uh, it was like one of my very first um, Netflix DVDs because I always heard about it. I know it was, uh, you know, released on, um, you know, DVD Netflix had it. I was like, oh, my God, I got to fucking pick this up because I always heard about this. And uh, I thought it was good. Um, and it kind of stuck with me. I remembered it. Uh, but. Um, not too long ago, Mondo Macabro uh, released it on Blu-ray. So uh, yesterday, I uh, I put it on, and man, I forgot the impact of the opening of the film because it goes through like you know shows footage of the Holocaust and all these uh, you know different wars where these children were you know um, you know uh, missing limbs, uh, dying of hunger, and it really sets up. And I forgot the setup of the film. And I was actually, Janice was in here and she was starting to cry because it was all this like awful footage of all these children. And, you know, she was like, oh my God, you know, this, these, you know, this movie is using footage for, you know, entertainment purposes. And I was like, 
kind of, but not really. Like, the premise of the film is that the children attack the adults. Um, I wish that it was more or less just organized with the children, because I guess there's some type of thing that they're doing to one another to uh, kind of be in cahoots to kill the adults, because they don't really talk to one another when they're so-called changing or... I don't know, getting the other children to be a part of what they're being a part of. But I think it's a cool idea that in the 70s, uh, you know, in in Spain, they, they made this film where it's children. Every time there's a war, the people that hurt or hurt, hurt most are the children because they they're losing parents. They're, you know, there's... Uh, all you know, these third world countries are going to war. Um, so really, I mean, it is truthful that the children hurt the most. So what are children going to do? They're going to just kill all the adults. So there is no more war, um, which is funny because they're at war with adults. But anyways, <laughs> um, that is the way they get rid of it. And that's what the movie is. They just go around and they, there's a island that these, uh, this couple wants the vacation on and, um, and they go there, and there's nobody, nobody there, but they see some children here and there. And, and then eventually they realize that the children have killed all the adults, and um, they have to get away from the island. But the whole thing is, like, why didn't anybody do anything? It's because they're all kids. Like, obviously the title says it right there. And I still think the movie holds up pretty, pretty well. It uh, gets kind of violent towards the end. Um, this may sound familiar for some people because they remade it a few years ago um, called Come Out and Play, which I do like, um, but it kind of misses the point of why the children are killing people. It just is children killing adults. Um, there's not that footage or backstory to, you know, because even in the movie, um, they're watching television at one point and there's a war going on and children are being hurt and the wife is really upset because the kids are dying um you know and even the cashier at the camera store says something to the effect of you know war hurts children um but the the remake kind of totally overlooked all of that and it's fine because they just made a killer kid movie and i i definitely enjoyed that but it's not politically charged, I think, like the original. And this is also the 70s, and, you know, you're allowed to do a lot of things that, you know, you could get away with a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the movie still holds up. Um, it's not overly violent um, with with the kids. It's just kind of that opening footage of stock footage of wars is, uh, is kind of rough. And then it, it gets a little violent towards the end. But still holds up. I think it's a great movie. Um, I think it kind of, I think it kind of loses its steam a little bit when they kind of go to a part, like I said, with the kids not going up. I wish they went up and whispered to the other kids. Instead, they just kind of look them in the eye and there's this long silence. And then the kids mm. are like, oh, okay, they turn around. Telepathy. And then, yeah. Then they're, Telepathy. then they're these murderous children. Um, and I kind of wish it was more or less they went up to him, whispered in their ear. So it's like in our heads, they could be saying, hey, adults are causing all these wars. Let's just fucking kill them. You know, and it's like, oh, OK, let's fucking do that. Cool. Um, but it doesn't do that. And that's the part where I think it kind of loses its its legs being it set up like this. 
you know, it's kind of this cool idea. And then I, being it's telepathy or something supernatural, I think it kind of loses its steam a little bit with that. But it still holds up. Still good. Yeah, I have the same release, and I liked it, too. Um, I wasn't expecting that opening, and I was wondering, is this an actual Mondo movie? Because it's using actual historical footage in that way. But, no, I loved it, and I didn't quite have the same problem with it being unspoken as you did. um, Because it, it does have a bit of the telepathy, but I also think there's kind of a feeling of evolution there almost that yeah there's like a perversion of the natural order where children are being attacked and murdered instead of taken care of so we're turning uh innocence into something on a cellular level that's like okay destruction's the language you speak then that's what we're going to learn yeah it's 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 a I really think it is a hard-hitting movie for that time, for sure, even in the 70s. But um, I think that's also why people were a little upset with the remake, is because it doesn't have those legs like the original does. And plus, like, the director was hidden and didn't want to be known. You know, he went by the name (laughs) Mackinoff, he wore a mask. Um, And no, he still hasn't revealed his identity. I think I found out who it was at one time, but then I realized it was kind of like a nobody he like directed a couple films in spain and that's it um but even you know like uh vanessa shaw who's in the remake she said that the director wore a mask the entire time um, <laughs> on set and they really didn't even know who it was um I but i could see that affecting performances maybe yeah and also, i don't know like, i'm not a director i don't know but at the time i was like it's fucking a remake to who can kill a child it doesn't even have a major release what kind of marketing ploy is this? Like, did they really think it was like, you know, oh, is a member of Slipknot directing come out and play? No, it's just, <laughs> it's just some dude like that's, that's taking a movie that was heavy hitting and, and kind of making it more violent. Um, he, I mean, I think there is more violence in the movie with the kids killing the adults, of course, and then the, yeah. the adults fighting back. Um, I still like it, but it's just a killer kid movie to me. I don't think it has a voice like the original. Um, but anyways. Yeah, I have a quick question about the remake because mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. So the original, one of uh, my favorite things about it is the unique setting. It's a very sunny, outdoor kind of movie. Uh, did the remake channel that? Yeah, it does it perfectly. Oh, okay. it, it's literally a shot-for-shot remake. Mm, um, okay. It's just... There's a lot of um, more violence, like with the the kids killing. Uh, There's like little snippets back and forth. And um, the ending's a little more explosive. Um, But yeah, it's pretty much a shot for shot remake. I mean, even like her going, wanting a drink to going to the hotel for them searching. Yeah, it's literally like a psycho type thing. I don't understand shot for shot remakes. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is like they did a shot for shot remake, but they lost the theme of the movie. <laughs> like, wow, they, they sounds really, great. They I'm really glad did, they you know? put but, all that effort. But that's what I'm saying. Like it just is a standalone killer kid movie. It works, but as a remake of Who Can Kill a Child, it doesn't. So I think that's unique that they're able to make another movie. But literally, if you've seen the movie, 
because I believe Janice was even sitting there and she was like, I've seen this. And I was like, well, I don't think you've seen this, but I think you've seen this. And she's like, oh, yeah, because it, it, it's it almost it's identical. Even him going to get the hat and all like the food and the sardines and bullshit. Yeah. So what you got, I'll Steph? Play. Oh, OK. Well, I finally saw Scanners 2 and 3. Ooh. Oh, which I know is just starting down the path of all the scanner sequels. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm a huge David Cronenberg fan, but Scanners is one of the ones that I'm kind of lukewarm about. Um, of course, it has those slam-bang visuals and it has some great moments, but overall just falls flat for me. Um but, you know, they, they had, like, a really good deal on the Blu-ray, so I finally grabbed it. Um, they did it about, I think, exactly a decade after the first Scanners came out. And the first one, um, there's a kind of a meek scanner uh, who gets found out and, a like, a detective starts uh, using him. To be like, oh, these are bad guys. Uh, we can use your scanners to like find this guy who's poisoning children's milk. And he's like, oh my god, I can finally use this for good. That's great. And on the other hand, there's kind of a cartoonishly uh, villain scanner who's like blowing up arcades, and he gets scooped up by the bad guys. So they have their their parallel storylines until they finally meet. And I thought it was a blast. It. Um, it didn't go really deep into like what it means to have this power, but it was really fun. Um, and I, it almost felt like a video game the way the bad guys were, cause they, they'd kill one bad guy and then they'd go up one level and then one level and then one level. Uh, so I, I thought they did a great job. Um, but it was interesting to me. Scanners three came out the exact same year. It's the exact same director. And at first, like you kind of feel the tiny budget in the opening scene. And I was a little worried about it. Um, but it takes a turn by having like a sexy woman scanner, um, who's way more in control and diabolical than any of the past scanners. So that's really cool. And it's, it's one of those films that just gets progressively more bonkers as it as it goes. And so I I think I'm like, what's next? Is it Scanner Cop? Yeah, Scanner Cop and Scanner Cop 2. Okay, would you recommend those? Scanner Wait, are Cop. those related? Yeah, they're sequels. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, they're just spinoff, spinoff sequels. But um, wow. yeah, I think Steve Barnett like uh, directed those or maybe just one of them. But anyways, um, yeah, no, I, I I agree. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Scanners to begin with. Like, I like the first one. I don't really care for the next two because, like you said, they're a little too comical. Um, like, especially when they're doing the scanning. Like, oh, yeah. I will say it does deliver on the head explosions. Yeah. The second one, I don't think is very comical. It's more action movie. The yeah. third one is they're like, yeah, we're going to get goofy and crazy. And there's one moment where. Um, she explodes his finger with his mind, with her mind, and that doesn't make any sense because you can't explode. 
you can explode their heads because you're controlling their brains. But there's not tiny little brains in their fingers. It's not like she caused them to like. We don't have the power. I. It doesn't make sense, but it looked really cool. <laughs> but I was worried that the head explosions wouldn't look as good because of the smaller budgets. But I, I think that's where all the money went. So it does deliver. There. We yeah. need more gifts from scanners two and three of exploding heads. Yeah, they did. You'll job. definitely like Scanner Cop. Scanner, okay, cool. Scanner Cop <laughs> two is probably like if I had to rate them, it would be Scanners, Scanners Cop, Scanner Cop, uh, uh, Scanners two. Scanner Cop 2, then Scanners 3. That so. all just bled into one title for me, but okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll check them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the, the director went on to like do like Live Wire with like Pierce Bronson, I think, and then made um, uh, Screamers with Peter yeah. Weller, which I really liked. Oh. But um, what's his name? Uh, Doug Ray? Uh, yeah, Christian Du. I don't know du French Canadian names. I always. Oh have. yeah, it's definitely not Doug Ray. <laughs> du Gray, somebody like Christian Du Gray. Yeah. Du Gray. Okay, there's no R. Du Gray. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh God, he's gonna be so upset when he hears this podcast. Uh, he's never gonna be a guest on the show now. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Ruined that. I want to hear about the Coco Chanel movie he made. <laughs> oh. All right, Sean, what you got? Well, let's just rip this off like a Band-Aid. Uh, let's talk Let's talk the, the new Hellboy movie really quick. Yeah. <clears throat> so, of course, starring David Harbour, directed by, uh, well, I mean, maybe directed by Neil Marshall. Because <laughs> I hear there's a lot of production problems with the movie. I hear he kind of got, um, in a way, kind of forced off his own movie. Kind of the producers, I guess, took a heavy hand to it. And uh, even as he was directing, there was a lot of kind of butting heads. So, so we get this thing. We get a reboot of Hellboy after like two very successful Hellboy movies directed by Guillermo del Toro. And um, I probably pronounced that wrong. Guillermo del Toro. There you go. Um, mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I'm the kind of guy who would say, would say quesadilla forever. Oh, boy. But, you know. Vegeta? Uh, <laughs> So anyway, so we got this, and I'm like so torn about it because I feel like, and I think uh, B. Germain mentioned this when when it first came out. He said it was like, you know, if, if this came out with a Canon Canon Films logo before the movie, we'd all kind of shrug and go, oh okay, <laughs> we'd all like enjoy it for for what it is, and uh, just kind of go about our days and whatever. But this following too, like very well done Hellboy films, um, it's just baffling to me i had a good time good enough time with it um i like that they tried to make it r-rated i hated the cgi gore with i like hated it so much um and david harbour is like trying really hard but like i it's like it's weird because i'm like well i liked it but i kind of didn't like it but i'm kind of curious as to why it exists but then i also did kind of like it some scenes were really cool i don't know I don't know, but I, I bring it up because I, I just want to hear uh, <clears throat> your guys's. Brad, you and I have, have talked about it off off uh, off podcast. Yeah, but uh, I will. Uh, so, I know we talked. <clears throat> I'll open this. the floor a little bit. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I didn't listen to the last episode. What all uh, Mike put together, <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I mean, I got cut out of it completely, but you go ahead and talk, Brad. That's cool. Um, <laughs> well, I, I'll say this. Uh, not too many films make me angry that I lost my time. <laughs> like, even if I dislike a film, I don't feel that the film took my time. I, I feel mm-hmm. Hellboy took my time. I'm still angry about it. It is the worst film I've seen this year. Um, I think everything about it is a complete piece of shit. And I really can't believe that exists because the editing alone is fucking horrendous. Like, I understand. It's not, I don't hold it against Neil Marshall because, like, like you said, I know that there was a lot of problems on set. He was kicked off the movie uh, while it was being edited. I think the writer had too much of his hands in the movie. He maybe should not try to make a movie. He should just keep creating Hellboy stories. Stick to the, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's literally one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like, I don't, it, it doesn't even work. It feels like you gave a bunch of kids to make a fan, uh, a fan made movie. And that's <laughs> what it is. <clears throat> Yeah, Stephanie, what are your thoughts? I'm not quite as angry about it as Brad is, but I'm also not very far away from that. And <laughs> I understand that. Uh, yeah. And I, okay. So I'm a huge fan of the Del Toro movies. And I think Ron Perlman is the perfect Hellboy. Oh, yeah. But I still wanted to go in open minded, mm-hmm. um, especially since I really like David Harbour. And I thought, well, if anyone else is going to play him, he has like that kind of big stony face. It's probably mm-hmm. really good. Uh, but uh, we mentioned it <laughs> in the last episode. But Ron Perlman had a lot of experience acting in heavy makeup and prosthetics. And that is a completely different acting style. Um, and I don't think. Uh, Harbor got the time to do that. Right. Um, even if you have rehearsals, it's just, um, I like you could tell he's trying. He he yeah. certainly wasn't half-assing it, but it it's just it's sloppy. You can you can see the seams in the movie. You can tell it was rushed. Like Brad mentioned, the editing. Like there's a scene where Hellboy is fighting giants, which is such a cool idea. I love it, but it's edited like. You know, like a fan YouTube music video, like maybe like a first year college student, like, whoa, look what I like, look what I learned uh, making graphics this year. And if you're like, whoa, you're 19, that's amazing. But when you're seeing on like a multi million dollar movie, you're like, no, 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 honey. Um, like you, you don't feel any danger. You don't feel any weight yeah. anywhere in the movie. Uh, the only thing I liked was Mila Jovovich was just eating up the scenery. She was a blast to watch. Uh, that's pretty much what I went away with it. Like, if if they decided to make like a weird ass straight to video spinoff with her, I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm actually into that. I would watch that. Uh, yeah, yeah thing it's just is DOA. It's I don't so think disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I like certain aspects. I was like, man, that would be like certain framing, certain scenes. Like, wow, that looks really cool. And then you have, like you said, like this, that giant scene where it's just like, you know, it's modern superhero CGI Marvel bullshit. Like, it's just like. Yeah, we're that like, spinning camera things that are like, oh, this is a trend in filmmaking right now. We'll do yeah. it. But it's weird. But it's, it's like for me, it's like 
it's like going to like kind of a shitty buffet. Like there's a few things I'll find in the buffet, you know, and I'll I'll load up my plate and I'll have a decent time. I'll make it I'll make it work. But uh, you know, so much of the movie is like is like you know just cold egg rolls to me. Not like not you know not like a lo mein where you could like a, lo, a chicken lo mein you can have oh, on a buffet. Like it could be kind of cold. It's chicken lo mein. It's still pretty good. But a cold egg roll, fuck that shit. That's how I, I feel. Can't. Like. Oh, boy. I can't believe someone made a buffet analogy. It's not the person from Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Las Vegas, Las Vegas uh, buffets are are uh, awesome. We always hit those. Oh. And what you do is you hit it like right between the changeover from like breakfast to lunch or something like. So you kind of just kind of you get a little bit of breakfast and then you hang out for a bit and then they change over to lunch and then you get lunch. You just pig out and you get your money's worth. That's the trick. Yeah. Well, you're talking That's casino ones. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> What I hear is, if you live in Las Vegas, you don't necessarily go to the Strip. You kind of no. Is that a thing? Oh yeah, for sure. No, it's just for like special events. They had Mm. they built nice ass casinos called Station Casinos for locals, and most of them have buffets. So okay, that's where you get the deals, tourists. The deals, yeah. They're like usually a ten minute drive to the Strip, and it's way cheaper. And they have movie theaters in them. There you go. Really? There you Hellboy, go. Hellboy, go casinos. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there we go. Uh, Hellboy's done. Uh, we're, we're done talking about it. Cool. So. Um, I gave another movie a shot. I, I, I was re-watching stuff that I, I haven't seen in a long time. Um, was watching st- some stuff with Willow. I actually let Willow watch Who Can Kill the Child. Um, it was fun. Um, but I also watched, this is one of my great grandfather's, uh, favorite movies. And that's the last time that I watched it was with him. So it was a little, um, kind of special sentimental thing. And inside, I've been waiting to kind of revisit it, but it was the kingdom of the spiders with William Shatner. Um, I haven't seen it since I was probably a little kid, but, um, I I watched it kind of numerous times with my great grandfather. Um, well, I think it was, he claimed to be it is, is, uh, his favorite, favorite movie, but it, it still holds up. Um, it, uh, it really works as kind of as, as far as, a, a, a nice setup and a fun execution. Um, the only thing I'm a huge spider fan and I don't know if people know this about me, but I will go out of my way to save a spider. Um, I don't give a shit. If they're poisonous, I will put my life mm. at risk to save a spider. I always have, and I always will. Janice got Who so... Who could kill a spider? <laughs> Not Brad. Yeah. So, like, she got mad at me one time because there was a brown recluse in our bathroom, and I did my best to save it. I put it in a jar, and I took it outside. Um, you know, and they're, they're venomous. It, it sucks if you get bit by them. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm not in, there's a lot of parts of the film, back to Kingdom of the Spiders, there's a lot of parts of the film where obviously there's fake spiders attached to things. I know that even, uh, I remember reading, I think it was maybe in Fangoria, that, that they actually had the town, townspeople, like, have fun and um, kind of uh, paint spiders on the walls of the building so that way it would give the effect of a bigger spider takeover for the uh, town's scenes 
Um, and even today, they say that if you go to the town and look, you, there's like only like one coat of paint that is covering the spiders. So it still has like the sentimental thing in the town. But there's some spider killing in the movie. Like oh, real, real spider. Yeah, because there's there's obviously the spiders the that are just little <laughs> fuzzy things on the ground that aren't moving. But there's actual spiders that are moving that are getting stepped on and ran over. And that's when I was like, Ugh. you know, people get really upset when a dog dies and that's never a real dog. But I even like, Ugh, why does the dog have to die? That dog is still alive in real life. So imagine that with a spider, but it's actually dead. Good. Kill all the spiders. Kill them all. No, man. Not, no. not these cute little I, fuzzy I'm, tarantulas. I'm afraid of Sorry, <laughs> I love tarantulas. So, like, I'm afraid of spiders, but so are they killing tarantulas or was it just? Yeah, they're they're tarantulas. tarantulas. Have you never oh, seen King of the Spiders? They're fr- they're fuzzy. Yeah, I don't. I could care less if a spider dies on film, no matter what kind of spider it is. Wow, Pete is going to protest the show now. That'll <laughs> be um, really good. We'll get more. Concerns. But I mean, that's just that's a personal thing. I'm, I'm sure a lot, ninety nine point eight percent of the world does not care about King of the Spiders actually killing spiders. So don't let it that affect you at all. It's just that I'm a kind of a spider fan, and I really the bigger the spider, the bigger the heart. That's what I say. So let's talk about Spider Man, uh, <clears throat> Spider Man Homecoming two. Um. That's not a real movie. It's oh. just called Spider-Man, like, Far From Home. <laughs> um, Whatever. But no, we're not going to talk about that. Um, so... Get too emotional. Yeah. King of the Spiders still really works. Uh, Tiffany Bowling is, is wonderful. Um, William Shatner is probably the worst part of the film. Oh, stop. Stop. Oh, no, no. He, the best he, part of the film. He, he, definitely, he definitely is the worst <laughs> part. Like, there's this weird thing where... Like, uh, his name's Rack, right? And so, Rack has this thing where people make jokes like, oh, you're going to know Rack. And it's like, he's, like, William Shatner is skeezy looking, he's greasy, he's tubby. Like, he is not the leading man. All right? This he's, William Shatner is by far the leading man. I heard that uh, Bo Sevenson was up for this role, and he should have got it. Um, but anyways, so, like, Tiffany Bowling comes into play, and she's absolutely stunning. And William Shatner's character is automatically attracted to her, obviously. But then there's this weird thing that Rack had a brother who died in Nam, who he's taking care of his brother's family he has a little girl and he has a wife well there's a part in the film where Shatner's character makes a reference of wanting to be with her and she wants to be with him and there's this really it's very obvious like what they're doing and I'm like wait what like, he wants, like, why is this happening? Why is he trying to be with his brother's sister? <laughs> and when even she brings, when he brings Tiffany Bowling around, she meets her, and then she goes in the kitchen and she cries because she wants to be with Rack. 
I don't know. It's just this weird subplot of the movie that it's, they don't really go too far upon, but it's really bizarre. But the most interesting subplot is the cabin owner lady and the sheriff, because they don't really talk to one another aside from the end of the movie, but they have this, like, they had this really intimate relationship back in the day, and they make little uh, comments about each other, like, when they're not around one another, and I thought that was pretty interesting. I wanted to see a movie just with them. But, um, yeah, King of the Spiders still works, as I still, I thought that ending was a little bit more epic in my mind as a kid, but then I realized it was just a painting that they used okay. for the cobwebs all over the oh. town. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I thought they, like, put cotton candy all over the town when I was little or something. <laughs> it's just a fucking painting. Um, but anyways, it's still uh, John Carlos, the director, Bud Carlos, I guess people call him, um, did, a, did a fantastic job. The movie still holds up. It's a great Animals Attack movie. I think it would work perfectly with, like, a double feature with, like, the birds or maybe even arachnophobia. Um, but yeah, great movie. So that's all I got. I'll buy Code Red on Blu-ray, and it looks decent. Hey, something nice about Code Red. <laughs> that's what I like about you, Brad. You'll talk about Kingdom of the Spiders and then talk about the relationships in it, like the romantic relationships in it. Yeah. Well, I, I I am all about characters in movies. Like, even if you have a dull movie, if you have exciting characters, interesting characters, it saves a movie for me. And yeah, in, in relationships. Uh, so, therefore, if there's something fun or interesting, um, like, I can go off of that rather than the plot of the movie. So, and I mean, there's really no plot of King of the Spiders. There's it's like eco horror where you know they're dropping the DDT and the spiders are migrating and it's killing off their small, uh, you know, insects and things that they feed off of, and so they migrated and now they're attacking bigger things together in order to feed. Cool story, but that's it, it's literally the plot of the movie. So you have an hour and 40 minutes of, a, of that, of them discovering it, dealing with it. And then attacking. So what do you do? You have interesting characters. That's the reason, I guess, why they did everything. And it works. It really does. I mean, still to this day, it's just there's an odd relationship with Shatner and his, and his, uh, um, what, do you, his what do you call that? Your, uh, your uh, his uh, um, sister-in-law? Yeah, sister-in-law. Yeah. Well, is it his ex? Wait, his do, brothers. Do you, do you call brothers. it your ex-sister-in-law when, like, they didn't get divorced and it's just a death. <laughs> it would still be sister-in-law. It would still be sister-in-law. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he has this, I mean, obviously, I'm an only child. I don't know. He wants this, uh, <laughs> I'm unmarried. Um, he wants this relationship with his sister-in-law. Cool. Tiffany Bowling. That's is weird. Definitely. The, the pride, like she's, it, Oh, and there's also this like really sassiness thing with, with Tiffany Bowling. Like, I don't know if people know who Tiffany Bowling is, but she is this exploitation actress that was like in Candy Snatchers and stuff like that. Um, so like, she um, she's really sassy, like, and she's like she's super smart and like she doesn't take any shit uh, aside from when Rack kind of wins her over, and then she, 
she just kind of is like, oh, William Shatner, you're so gorgeous. And it's like, no, William Shatner's <laughs> fucking greasy and weird. Like, stop being Here knows, like, Whenever, like, William Shatner, like, does, like, an on-screen kiss, it's, like, always so awkward. I just always feel like, awful for the woman not, involved. Like, he's, he's the least, like, I, I don't know. He's one of those people that is not charismatic at all on screen. <laughs> Like he really is. And it's nothing against William Shatner, the person, but it's every character he plays. He's the most uncharismatic person in the world. Kind of like John Wayne. Like John Wayne doesn't work right. on any level. Like right. a romantic yeah. level, a <laughs> he's hero. Always William Shatner. He's always, they're both like very much just, they should just always be like little co-stars. They shouldn't run a movie. They're um, playing beefy boys. That's the thing. They're both like, like they should just be the sheriff that is only seen in like two movies or like two scenes, and then you never see him again. <laughs> but they're, like they're not leading men. They they really aren't. Um, Ernie, we're about to get a bunch of hate mail from John Wayne fans and William Shatner. No, fans. honestly, man, I I know that John Wayne is in a lot of movies, and I think at the time he was kind of. Uh, he, he's he, a product of his time. Yeah, well, he was in... A, it, it's kind of like... Uh, no, I wouldn't say... I'm not going to say that. Um, he was just kind of it at the time, you know? And he was in these big American productions of, you know, these Westerns. And he was a name that got noticed early on, and they just kept using him and using him. But they're all cut-and-dry Westerns. They're actually not very good. And I hey, think, he tried to play Genghis Khan once. Yeah, I think at the time, uh, honestly, I don't know if I've ever met anybody recently in the past few years that liked John Wayne. Oh, I, I can say something, actually. I recently saw Red River for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is one of the, like, the towering movies. And it's Howard Hawks, one of my favorite directors. And I've never been a big John Wayne fan. I never got it. But in that movie, I did get it. I didn't think he was amazing or like a tower of charisma. But he, it, I, I think what it is, is he's fairly young in that movie, but he was very commanding and very confident and very powerful. And there's just insane things going on in that movie surrounding him. And um, so he's like this little oasis of like, traditional masculine i know exactly what to do even if everyone around me is dying and it really works in that kind of contained setting but as he aged um he didn't develop anything about that so it it turned into like wow this young guy he had something dark and inside himself where he could kind of control everyone around him and it ages into like this kind of weird grotesque thing um where it's just like an angry old man who's seems out of place most of the time yeah maybe that's why the elderly like john wayne so much because they're freaking yeah maybe but my grandpa was a huge john wayne fan huge yeah my, my i actually grandpa. have a i have a i have a john wayne like light switch cover that was his <laughs> yeah no my, my my grandfather was too and and don't get me wrong i mean like like steph said like Howard Hawks, Red River. I mean, Howard Hawks, uh, Rio Bravo. 
um, uh, John Ford with The Searchers. I, I think with good directors, uh, yeah, John, I John I Wayne can make it. Because, I mean, John Ford's a wonderful director. And, yeah. I mean, that's why The Searchers works. So, yes, there's. I'm not saying, like, but John Wayne has, like, 250 movies. And I he's always yeah. kind of the well, same. Well, he needs to guy. be pushed. And he's one of those actors that needs cool. to be pushed. Yeah, I I was going to compare it to Roy Rogers, but Roy Rogers still also had that love after afterwards. Like he was in those movies, he was you know, but he was always kind of like kid kid cowboy. Um, and then when he got a little bit older, he started to die out. But Roy Rogers was always kind of still cool. He didn't become like this you know, drunk, abusive piece of shit like John <laughs> Wayne did. But anyways. Um, All right, moving on. This is the John Wayne cast. This is the Scream cast. Uh, <laughs> Steph, what do you have for us? Okay, yeah. I'll continue the killer bug theme. I uh, <laughs> finally saw The Swarm Ooh. from 1978. Um, so I, years ago, I had seen The Poseidon Adventure and The Towering Inferno, and I loved them. But I just recently rewatched them because I upgraded them uh, to Blu-ray. And um, I found out the same guy who did those two movies also did The Swarm. <laughs> so the idea of him taking that big budget disaster movie with the star-studded cast, but with killer bees, just sounded amazing. And it mostly was. So uh, it, it's a very simple plot. Um they uh bees just start killing people they start creating giant swarms and killing people and they don't know what's going on and they find out that it's not sugar bees but it's africanized bees no it's brazilian bees no they're africanized that was a great fight i really enjoyed that <laughs> in the movie um so the military doesn't know what to do so they bring in michael kane who's an expert and it there's literally everyone in this movie. There's uh, Olivia de Havilland, uh, Richard Widmark as uh, the main military guy, uh, Catherine Ross from the Stepford wives. Um, so yeah, it's, it's bloated. I think it's like two and a half hours. Like most of these, these uh, Irwin Allen movies are, it doesn't need to be two and a half hours. But the the big set pieces, like the bees consume this this kid's parents, and he starts seeing giant bees everywhere. Um, and Michael Caine has to be like, no, the bee's not there. You got to reach out, and the bee will disappear. Probably the worst Michael Caine impression anyone's ever done. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it, it follows that pattern of it's like set pieces talking about what's going on. Uh, like a flower festival gets attacked. They talk about what's going on. The whole town gets attacked. They talk about what's going on. So, it, yeah, it's definitely a little bloated, but overall, it's a lot of fun. And there's a great moment where Catherine Ross is swooning because they, they narrowly escape the bees. And she's looking in Michael Caine's eyes. And this bee appears in his pupil and it just slowly comes out. It's like a 3D effect. And this <laughs> bee comes out of Michael Caine's eye and she just faints. Um, so if that sounds like your kind of bag, um, I, I found that I'm, I'm a sucker for bee movies as I get older. Um, <laughs> I've, I, I was never told that, like, you know, Stephanie, as you mature, you're going to 
you're going to appreciate bees and their place in our ecosystem and also exploitative bee movies. That, that's going to be a big part of your life. I never knew that was coming, but yeah. That movie yeah. is way too long, but yeah, I, I no, agree. It's way, it's, it's, take out 40 minutes, it'd pretty much be perfect. You should have Burke Gordon do it then. Mm. So big. Yeah. Well, I do love entire pants. That's like I could watch that any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, Wild Eye released a movie called Tsunami that you might like. Oh, oh, yeah, get on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tsunami. (laughs) But uh, they used a lot of real bees in this movie. I was I was trying to figure out, like. You know, I know you can train bees, but good lord, like people would be covered head to toe. And I'm, I don't know, I, I really want to find out about all the effects to get like the giant swarms of it because you could see there are like some plates sometimes going on, but uh, it was really impressive. Like they did put the work into making these bees look fucking real. So are you, you're saying you're going watching like all these? Like seventies disaster movies. Yeah, because you said you watch you watch like the Towering Inferno um, and the Poseidon Adventure. Like, what's your favorite? My favorite. Ooh, that's a good question. Probably the Towering Inferno. Yeah, it's definitely really good. Yeah, I like that. You know where they're they're that one. I think does make the best use of the giant running time. Uh, with that scene when they're suspended and they're trying to get everyone out in that basket chair one by one. Yeah. And everyone starts freaking out and grabbing onto it. Like I'm white knuckle through that whole thing. It's really well done. Did you, um, you mentioned the Poseidon adventure. Did you ever see, uh, because Irwin Allen directed uh, the, the the swarm, right? (laughs) He directed B I think it was beyond the Poseidon adventure. That's fucking terrible. Yeah, I was wondering if I should bother with that one. No. Um, okay. <laughs> like, he, he has this, like, weird, like, made-for-TV G movies. Like, and they're just really boring. Like, his stuff, like, back, like, he would direct the stuff in the 50s, I think. Like, um, like, like Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Maybe not that one. No. No, he, yeah, he did. That was he- 60s, but yeah. Like the animal world. Like the lost world and stuff. Like he continued to make those movies, but into the 70s. I think it mostly worked. When in the 70s, I think there was a little bit more hard-hitting exploitive stuff that was going on. And then he just kind of still made these like like Disney movies like from the 50s. Yeah, but they made Bank, didn't they? Sure. Right. here's, Here's my question. Would you rather be um, somebody that made a ton of money from a few movies and then forgotten about, or would you rather be somebody like John Carpenter? Well, obviously John Carpenter, but I'll I'll throw in a defense for him that uh, Hollywood was going through huge sea changes then. Things were getting more gritty, more realistic, smaller, more about uh, characters, which was awesome. But you still want, sometimes you just want like a big, silly, star-studded movie for the weekend to take your family to see during the summer. I, I think there's a place for that in Hollywood. It's 
seems like there's only places for that right now. But uh, yeah, like he he definitely filled a weird void going on. And the 70s are so fun. Like I I love the whiplash that was going on. There's definitely so much. It's not like, like the 80s kind of had this one thing going for it. But the 70s, we had so much going on between how movies were made and also like the types and how brutal things were mm-hmm. like you, but the eighties, it, it was like one track. It seemed because I, I mean, if you movie, you watch movie and it's easy to tell when it come came out like the seventies, there is just like, you don't know what to expect. Like things are so shocking from the movies in the seventies, like even more shocking yeah. than today. It's, you know, I feel like it's yeah. kind of crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Seventies movies seem always a little more dangerous. Also very, uh, way more sweaty and hairy, but oh, definitely yeah. dangerous. Mm. Um, we let people have pores back then. Yeah, people just always just damn. <laughs> William Shatner, <laughs> fucking sweating like a pig in fucking King All of right. the Spiders. I'm gonna move the conversation along. Is that okay? Oh, what? No. <laughs> yes, boss. Okay, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to keep us on time. Yeah, sure. Go That's right on. ahead. Like we have that. <laughs> Wow. Go ahead. Go. Yeah. Jeez, now I feel awkward. (laughs) No, you're going to feel awkward when you mention some dumb fucking movie. I'm going to jump all over you. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Uh, So I finally cracked open my Scream Factory uh, Blu-ray of Species 2. Oh, my God, Sean. Starring (laughs) Natasha Hedenstridge and Michael Madsen. Uh, directed by Peter Medak. Um, I had a ton of fun with this movie. Of course, if you haven't seen Species 2, uh, you know, the first Species was Natasha Hendridge. Like, my pronounce her name right? Natasha 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 Hendridge. She's, you know, it's basically like, basically kind of Terminator mixed with Alien, and she's going around basically trying to impregnate men to bring forth her offspring or, or whatever. Um, and not imprinted men, but get get printed by men. I don't know. Uh, so this one, they kind of flipped no, it on the head. Where to get pregnant? Oh my god! Did you where watch the basically movie? the what? Well, she's fucking a lot of men. That's all I know. That's all I remember from from the first species. Uh, was she was she not trying was she not trying to get pregnant? In the, yeah, in the, she's in trying species? to get she's trying to get pregnant. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I'm saying in a horrible way. But that's what I'm saying in a very round roundabout way. So this one, um, it turns on his head where it's a, this alien possesses a astronaut. He comes to Earth and, of course, uh, or a few astronauts, and whenever they uh, basically have sex, uh, they immediately blow up their wives or girlfriends' stomachs and offspring uh, comes forth. And they have Natasha Hendricks's character, Jesus Christ. And Stridge's character. I have never had a problem pronouncing her last name. And now I cannot even remember what her last name is. Like, you wiped her last name from my brain forever. I apologize. Uh, (laughs) And I talk for a living, which is awful. Uh, I'm not going to get any gigs through this podcast, that's for sure. Um, So, basically, they kind of turn it on its its head. She's, like, stuck in a lab because they basically recreated the her first character from the last movie in a lab and they, her name is Eve and uh, she sits out most of the movie while uh, 
pregnant bellies are exploding all over the place. But then the guy alien and her meet and there's a it gets bad shit crazy in the end. Michael Madsen is great as always. Um, he's probably on some sort of coke binge during the movie or whatever. But um, he's probably a shit guy in real life, I would assume. But I always like it when he shows up in a film. Um, Didn't he have a reality show with his sons for a while? He has know. had a career. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I like I have a blast with this movie. What I liked about it is it was in 1995 and it was, of course, on the cusp of digital, you know, special effects. And it's used sparingly here. There's a couple scenes where you're like, oh, yeah, that's some really bad CGI. But for the most part, there's some really good kind of practical monster effects. Of course, H.R. Geiger was involved, I believe, with still with the designer, or they're using his designs. Um, the, the practical effects are really great. And it's a good little B slash C midnight skin maxi type flick. Um, I don't have any, the next two species movies, because I'm going to, species movies, because I'm going to watch them, I do not have high hopes for them. But uh, this one was at least a good little. I don't even know if I went to the theaters, but kind of direct-to-video feeling sequel that I had a lot of fun with. How did it compare to the first one to you? I like the first one better. Well, I don't know. This one had more kind of B-movie uh, exploitation elements. <laughs> and oh, I yeah. think just because of the <clears throat> the amounts of uh, pregnant bellies exploding. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure this Dance. one, I'm pretty sure I saw that in the theater. Really? This one visually has a lot more, I think, going for it, but I still, I think, well, Species, of course, is a better movie. I mean, it, it wasn't even a really good movie. I was going to say, is then. it? Like, it's fun. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is just as much fun, maybe a little lower on the quality range, but I had just as much fun. Man, wait till you get one. to Species 4. Oh, my God. I have no, I don't think that's going to be very good. But, Species 3 but, has, I re, if I remember correctly, has pretty good special effects with the monster. But um, yeah, Species Four is fucking a trip. <laughs> Very nice. I'm glad that that's where you cut off the conversation uh, to go to Species Two. But uh, I'm, I'm also <laughs> impressed because I was expecting something completely else, so something else. Um, what were so, you expecting? I don't know, like I'm... Transformers Three or something. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I'll go uh, Hollywood theater for a second. Um, I went to go see, uh, I didn't, I, I wanted to see this because I want to support horror in, in the theater um, for sure. Um, so I saw 47 meters down uncaged. Oh boy. Um, and I got to tell you, I hate the first movie. I, I really do. I, I did yeah. not like it at all. I thought it was boring tedious it wasn't scary it not suspenseful mm -hmm. it's just really boring and so was the you know, shallow me out of the first movie no, the, i know the, the first movie underwater thing the microphones they have each other they their ears are not covered by any mask and somehow like their ears are in the water and somehow they can communicate with each other so through a microphone oh, oh my, my god, god they should do a scanners movie underwater sorry <laughs> tangent. yes so all right so um, this movie yeah i <laughs> It honestly, it's pretty good. Um, it's pretty suspenseful. It's got a lot going for it. Um, it gives the sense of uh, claustrophobia 
Uh, it's basically the descent with sharks in a way. A um, bunch of girls that are, you know, cave diving get attacked by um, these sharks that have been living in these caves for a long, long time. So uh, um, these, you know, basically these blind sharks uh, that are killing them off. And it isn't boring at all. It doesn't waste any time. Um, its setup is very quick and everything like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty good. I can recommend it. Yeah. All I really need to hear about that kind of movie is it's not boring. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I like Yeah. It's, it's, it's not boring. And also they kind of, uh, yeah, the big thing that I was laughing at in the original was the communication thing that they they had going Mm on. Um, this one, uh, they obviously have some type of communicators because it doesn't make sense how they all can talk to other people, but at least they have, because it cuts in and out and they can only hear each other at certain times because like these walkie talkie type microphone things only like if there's too much distance between them, it starts to cut up because they're in these caves, but they don't really ever acknowledge it or why they work. Yeah, but, but at least there's like mm-hmm. at least they're like, well, hey, we have some sort of device. Yeah, because forty-seven, yeah. Because when they 47 started, meters down, it's like because they started hey. talking to each other. I was like, it's, it's like this, this the director, anybody ever been? But like, that's the diving? thing. I watched the special features for forty-seven meters down, and the this the guy was like, I'm a really passionate scuba diver. I love it, and he's like says how much he loves scuba diving, and I'm like, have you really? <laughs> yeah, it was really like because you, this you makes realize, like if you're underwater, you can't hear shit. <laughs> like, but you can. Oh hear, but they kind of fix that a little bit with, with okay. this one. But yeah, I, but other than that, I like the is, first one for what it for what it is. Yeah, the first one's garbage. Um, <laughs> but this one, it keeps up the momentum. It's exciting. It's not boring. There's plenty of little jump scares um and it just works all around it, it's it's a fun fun little movie so i was really happy about that um, awesome so maybe i'm also going based off the fact that i hated the first one so much that yeah. this one was kind of re- a relief um but i still think it's a solid little shark movie so yeah that's it i saw a ghost shark recently and i would <laughs> not recommend it oh really Damn. Really? Oh my god. Is that your review? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of a throwaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a bonus. Yeah, Ghost Shark is <laughs> I think I saw that like on sci-fi or something. And yeah, it's just not kind of it's just not good. Is a ghost of a shark haunting is wait, could be yeah. ghost shark. Yeah, the shark wants revenge, but <laughs> technically it makes more sense than that Jaws sequel. Yeah. Because a ghost shark could get into like a pool, let's say, which it does. Oh. Uh, and it turns so, like yeah. real and can actually kill. Yeah, it, it looks like a ghost, but yeah, it's still chomping people on that. Okay. Yeah, there's, I think there's also a scene where the shark comes out of somebody's body. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like the worst mermaid you've ever seen. Yeah. Life. So it's basically like it's about a group of people that kill a great white shark and the shark comes back for vengeance, right? Mm-hmm. That's the plot, yeah. But the like the shark like <laughs> comes out of somebody and like splits him in two. That's the one big effect I remember. 
I need to I need to call my medicine delivery man and uh, stock up on some things and really give this thing a shot. I think you're making me want well, a lot. Yeah, because I got it on a Mill Creek uh, DVD set <laughs> that came out recently, so it's like a ton of shark movies, oh just God. like that. Oh, and, I know what, what that has. You need to watch Santa Jaws. Sure. Santa yeah, that's on there. Yes. I'm saving that for the holidays. Yeah, Santa Jaws <laughs> is, is probably the best. Perfect. <clears throat> wow. All right, Stephanie, what's your real pick? That was you my know, real, was pick. real pick. Okay. Was it? Oh shit. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Yeah those 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 gigantic shark. You got to uh, make it a quick sets. one, like we did. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. Here, here, here's here's one that I can talk about really quick. Um, let's talk about Brightburn, um, which is basically evil Superboy, evil Superman, evil kid Superman movie. Um, but then that's the, like that's the plot. Like take like the first twenty minutes of uh, Man of Steel and or like the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeve, and like oh he's bad, and um, he kills people and all of a sudden wants to just kill everyone. Um, and it's a horror movie. And I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot, but I, I, think it has, I, I think it has problems because like as a horror movie, a simple kind of low budget horror movie, I think it works. Um, but the problem was I saw the Amazon series, The Boys, and they deal with like evil Superman, evil superheroes, like with so much more nuance and you get it and you're like, it, it's so much, it's better done. And in this one, like he just kind of turns on a dime and oh, the spaceship is evil and it just flips his switch and now he just wants to kill everybody. And there's like, they don't do a good enough job kind of showing because you can plot wise and character development wise, like show how he's kind of being pushed against humanity. I don't think they do that well enough for you to really buy into the fact that, oh, all of a sudden he just wants to murder his parents or, you know, his adopted parents or whatever. It just doesn't th- that connect that connective tissue didn't happen for me. But, you know, there's a few there's a, there's some really good gore gags in it. There's one involving glass and an eye and there's one involving a post crash uh, post car crash, which was just uh, incredibly done. Uh, I don't want to give it away for anyone who hasn't seen it, but uh, it involves, you know, uh, body part just dangling and it's just like the camera lingers and the sound design fantastic so there's a couple like things going for it but i think as a whole like i didn't hate it like i i really liked it but i think it was just missing a few key elements i think that would have made it a solid you know kind of horror uh superhero horror movie for me but uh interested, it's interested on your guys thoughts it's fine it exists yeah like I, I didn't really have the big disconnect with um like like you did maybe with uh, the kid because obviously he was put there for a reason yeah and it's just his time to awaken and that's he realizes quickly that that's his purpose so that's the right. way I kind of looked at it um, okay I just found it a little boring as an origin story um. Like, I, I did like the gags and everything like that, but I also didn't like anybody in the movie. I didn't like him. I didn't like, you know, uh, uh, Pam's husband or ex-boyfriend, Roy. Uh, um, 
that was an office joke. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth Banks was just like, she was very sweet and obviously like a, a fun loving mother, but she just also fell a little flat in the movie for me. And she's typically like really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, it's just, it was just overall just kind of boring and I'm glad it exists because if they end up doing something else, that could be really fun. Um, as far as like an evil supervillain. Um, but yeah, it just kind of exists. It's there. I'll forget about it in probably about a year. <laughs> so. That's the most mild take I've heard on it because people seem pretty split about how they feel about it. Um, I'm glad it I exists. Have it, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll allow people. At least it, they had a job for a few months. Thanks, movie. Good, good looking out. I haven't seen it. Um, I need to get better at watching new movies. Though I might, I might. No, you don't. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can that be my thing? I'm like the old man. I'm like, oh, I watched him. Let's talk about John Wayne. I've been watching way too much. This year has been amazing for new movies, though. Definitely. That's better than our previous years. So I I, I made that joke, but (laughs) that's why I feel bad. Yeah. Um, well, there's so, just too much yeah. these days. There's just too much. But oh I'll, my honestly, God, I think yeah. if you took Gunn's name out of that movie, you probably wouldn't have diehard people. Because I think that came yeah. at a time when he was going to announce that, like at San Diego Comic Con, and that all that stuff came out. You know, with, with the with the old tweets, and oh, you know, Guardians so of the Galaxy Three was you know pulled from him. So I think it was at a time where we really wanted to support James Gunn. Which mm-hmm. rightfully yeah. so, which is That's fine. A great point. You know, uh, and I, I'm that way too. I, I love James Gunn. I've always really liked his work, and you know, I'm glad he had this you know little side project with his brothers that he made, uh, um, that he I guess he produced. They they co-wrote and directed. Um, um, but yeah, it was just something. Just I think people were overly supportive which is fine and nothing against the movie, nothing against anybody doing it. But I think that's also why it kind of blew up bigger because I think this just would have been under everybody's radar for the most part, if it was no names. I think you're right because the plot doesn't sound that interesting to me. I think cause I've read it in a lot of comic books before, but because I do really like James Gunn from like way back in the day, I, that's why I'm going to see yeah. it, you know, when it's streaming, um, have I haven't gotten to it yet, but have either of you started watching The Boys? I think Sean. I, no, I, I mentioned that. Yeah, I love yeah. love it, love it, love it, love it, love, love it. it, love it. <laughs> can't wait! I can't wait for like I don't know. I can't, I thought season two had already, had already started, and I was like anxiously. You know, <laughs> it just came out. It, this season two hasn't come out yet. No, I'm the, like, the Josen, first Josen season, season came out two. like two weeks ago. Oh, I I I burned to it so quickly. It's so good. Like it's so good. I'll tell you what like, happens. I'm enthusiastic about it. Well, I know it's based off a comic. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's. So I haven't good. watched the show, but I I've always been a big fan of the comic. I and love. I heard it stays pretty pretty true to the comic as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I think everyone should watch if you and especially if you like superhero movies and stuff like that, like. If you hate Logic, I think movies, it's fun. That too. No, I think it, it does a really good job of obscuring of skewering superhero movies and especially the Marvel universe for sure. Like it's funny because they're it's definitely based off of like it feels like it's based off of like the DC universe, 
but it's skewering kind of the Marvel, how Marvel's everywhere now. And um, it's like, well, what if these heroes were heroes were real and we had movies about them in a, in a real cinematic universe? And in, it's a real universe, too. And uh, I love what they do with uh, well, who's the who's the superhero, the Superman kind of guy. What's his name? Captain. Uh, I don't know. He's like a cross between super, Superman and Captain America. I forget his name. Um, Are you talking about the, the superheroes themselves? Yeah. Like, that's like the dark Superman. I'm like that I love. I'm like, that's great. And that's the thing about Brightburn is like Brightburn was just, what if Superman There's, was like, evil as a kid? And that's the, that's the whole setup. Yeah. Like this is so much home, more. Home, Homelander is the Homelander. Yeah. 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 I can never remember yeah. their, their names in the, from the comic. But, um, anyways, um, I, um, watched a Netflix movie called The Package. It's produced by Ben Stiller. Um, huh. It was funny because I never heard of this movie um, at all. Yeah, I'm not a big Netflix person. I don't, I hardly ever use Netflix. Uh, so I don't really see a lot of the new stuff that uh, pops up. But I, when somebody says, hey, watch this, I, I do. But I will say nine out of 10 times, when Netflix has acquired something, I really, really dislike it. Um, I really hate Netflix's idea of acquiring things. I, I think well, they just buy up way too much and dump it all out. With it's, it's well, just too the much. Is, the I movies are up. really good that never get like up there. Like the night comes for us, uh, Wheelman, Six Balloons, like that stuff you never fucking hear. Like no one ever fucking talks about Wheelman and Six Balloons, but it was literally like two of their best movies out there. Um, huh. You know, but everybody goes ape shit over something like super shitty, like The Perfection. You know, but anyway, I really hated The Perfection. By the way, everybody fucking loved that thing. <laughs> I fucking hate that movie. Um, so, anyways, so. The person that told me about the package was this, you know, nice uh, uh, lady I work with who's very uh, PC. Um, she tells me this. She goes, hey, have you seen this movie called The Package? Like, I've never even heard of it. What is it? And she starts laughing. She goes, it's super inappropriate. And I was like, OK, well, inappropriate to her is like saying the word poop. So she goes <laughs> on to tell me about how these kids get together they go on a trip and one is taking a piss and he starts to play with his butterfly knife and he accidentally chops off his penis oh my god so old time. they <laughs> you know call 911 they have him airlifted um they put his penis on ice and they put it in a cooler to give to the paramedics to go to the hospital reattach the penis but they accidentally give them the cooler of beer rather than the cooler with the penis. <laughs> so the whole movie is them trying to get to the hospital from the wilderness. Um, oh, my God. To get their friend's penis back to him. And it is really fucking funny. Like, it has this 90s vibe of humor. Um, but it also feels a little fresh and new. It has the one girl from um, um, Blockers, who's John Cena's um, 
daughter and she's fucking okay. funny as shit man she's so she's good uh but yeah she, she's in it and then a, a few other other people that i've never even seen before but um i mean it's just so many little goofy gags in it with with the penis idea that, that is just fucking funny like it, I, I gotta say what sold me on it and this is what i'm gonna sell you on it is that so hearing this lady tell me this at work who is very like i said pc very you know not won't say like shit damn fuck anything like that she's telling me this scene you know like a lot of people when they tell you about a movie they just spoil everything yeah she kind of did that but also she didn't at the same time like she left out there's so many funny things that happen in the movie she can only tell me so much but she told me about this one scene where they find this boat and this little boy is fishing with his dad and the dad is not around and they go up to him and they're like, Hey, we need the keys to the boat. And he's like, you know, fuck you guys. I'm not giving you keys to our boat. And he's like this like 12 year old little kid and they pull out the dick and they like (laughs) flip it in front of his face. And they're like, do you see this? We have to get our friend's dick back to him. And he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) And, and then finally they had it and, she goes, and the guy goes, hey. And also, there's a part where a, a snake bites the fake penis, or the, the cut-off penis, and they have to suck out the venom. Um, <laughs> but there's a part in the film, he's like, why is the dick like that? And he, he says, you know what? I suck this dick today. And I, we suck dicks, and we cut dicks. That's what he says. <laughs> And I laughed so fucking hard. That sold me. And I watched the movie, and it's really fucking funny. So uh, watch it. It's on Netflix, and it's a really, really funny little comedy. And it's not really gross either. I know that the whole thing is based around a penis, but it's not a gross movie either. Um, Like, everything Mm -hmm. is done uh, tastefully, and it's (laughs) not like, uh, you know, dick and fart jokes type gross out comedy it's like even with the the venom thing it's really well done and it's really really fucking funny so definitely watch the package i was pleasantly surprised and i'm and i'm pretty much i just like a lot of comedy movies because i think they try too hard even with something like this that's so generic sounding it's really fresh and and well done so What's well, the problem I think with like Netflix and things like that and all the streaming things is like there's so much out there and I don't I never know anymore and then how Netflix took how they changed the rating system yeah so like I never see things that I normally would find I can't browse through Netflix anymore like it's all they only have like stuff. 30, only 30 movies available at all times it seems yeah I yeah and like I can never find anything even like what you the one you're talking about um the perfection like I remember hearing about it and then I, it never pops up. I can, I, I don't see it. I, you know, it's just, yeah. Like, but honestly, I don't know what's going on. You with never that. hear of like, I, I really enjoyed yeah. the silence, you know, with the killer bat things, you know? Um, yeah. The, um, the, uh, the, the quiet, was the quiet place, uh, quiet place ripoff movie. Um, well, be honest actually it came out it came first yeah, yeah it was silence, actually a, a book first came, and actually first, so. the silence book whoever wrote the quiet place could possibly have ripped off the silence yeah, book there you go. go there you go but you know <clears throat> but you should but, watch you know. the wheelman have you seen the wheelman with frank grillo i have not it's i think it's on my i think i added it to my yeah. list of things to watch it's, but the only things that show up are like 
Stranger Things, Bird Box. Um, <laughs> like Bird it. Box always shows up. I haven't seen. Bird I started Box. watching. I started watching Bird Box. I, I don't know. It 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 just seems like she's just seems like a very unsafe mother. Um, well, I want to see that I, I am mother movie too, or whatever. I do it is. like the fact that they give the premise, and then there's the backflash or the back. Um, flash. They go back. Flashback. They go back uh, and they show how everything happened. Like, I do appreciate that. I'll, I'll probably finish it. I'm actually liking what I've seen so far, but uh, you know, I fell asleep. since we're on talking about comedies, I wanted to go see Good Boys as well. And Good Boys oh is, is really fucking good. Is it? It's literally one, it's probably the funniest movie I think I've seen in a long, long, long time. It looks really funny. And it's and it's not gross either. It's not a gross movie. It's It's just very funny it's very smart it it does the same thing like the package where it's a generic idea but it's well done you know um and it also has this really funny thing it's by the guys that wrote the office uh, a lot of the episodes of the office um yeah. but it has this and no one's really talking about it because i think that a lot of people didn't honestly i don't think a lot of people that on like we follow and stuff like that on Twitter, but to go see it, but there's this really funny and cool idea about consent with the film, like how the boys are incredibly respectful to girls at the same time that they're trying to get ready for this kissing party. <laughs> it's really fucking funny and really good. Um, so it's actually, if you're going to, you know, these parents are raising their boys properly. I thought it was kind of cool. As well as them getting ready for a kissing party and trying to spy on neighbors. <laughs> so they know how to do it. But it's really, really like, I, I don't think I've seen a movie other than maybe something I like. I like Clown quite a bit. Uh, the uh, movie from Denmark and the guys did a movie called Dan Dream. Um, like those movies had me laughing pretty much nonstop the whole entire time. And good boys is one of those things where it was just never like my stomach was hurting. Awesome. So, yeah. It's really fucking funny. <clears throat> who's, who's turn are we on? Are we on a, uh, uh, stuff? Yeah. Thanks for sounding so excited about it, Sean. <laughs> I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you um... sound like it. Uh, <laughs> so I I'll take it I'll I'll keep running with the Netflix movie thing and there's one I think they did a little bit better job of letting people know it came out and that's uh, Point Blank which is uh, by Joe Lynch oh, and it also was... starts uh, Frank Grillo and it has Anthony Mackie and Marsha Gay Harden that movie already came out? Jesus Netflix is so bad at promoting shit Okay, <laughs> there's some dissent. <laughs> well, I think it's just because I follow Joe Lynch on Twitter, so I, okay. I thought a lot. But so that's what you got to do. Is you gotta uh, I'm, watch, I'm watching. I'm watching that. Thanks, Steph. I'm watching that today. Like, yeah. Um, can I say something real quick? Yeah, of course. So Joe Lynch is one of my favorite people ever, <laughs> but I don't like any of his movies. <laughs> <laughs> like I love him as a person and I think he's great. And like I I the only really thing I love that Joe Lynch has done is Wrong Turn 2 and the Holliston TV show. I think Holliston is one of the funniest fucking things to ever exist. 
and he did a great job. He's great acting in it with Adam Green, and like it's per- it's a perfect show for the horror community. But no, no, I don't think not enough people talk about it, or they just dismiss it because they're like, oh, they're like they wrote and started this TV show themselves, and it's set up like a slapstick, you know, live, uh, you know, uh, whatever those live TV shows are are called. I can't remember sitcom. Yeah, yeah, sitcom. Thank you. Um, Wow, that was really bad. But um, they do it perfectly. And every time Joe Lynch has a movie coming out, I'm like, yes, this is so what I expect from Joe Lynch. And like Everly and fucking um, Mayhem, I'm just not into at all. Knights of Badass. I know that he didn't like the final version of that movie coming out. Um, but because uh, the producers fucked with it too much. But I'm really, really excited about producers. Blank really excited about point blank so go ahead oh wow okay no pressure uh <laughs> so yeah it's a it's a remake of a french movie um and it's it's kind of a classic high concept action setup uh where a guy who's tied in with gangsters ends up in a hospital um he was supposed to die but he didn't and he ropes in um this a uh, guy working at the ER who's played by Anthony Mackey. He's a nurse and he kind of uses them to get out of there, but he, it, he gets roped into this whole adventure. It, it's like a reluctant buddy oh, I situation. Know this movie. Yeah. I remember the, um, he takes the, the, the henchman like steal his wife. And then he, yeah, it's very pregnant wife. Yeah, very pregnant. And go wife. after their, uh, <laughs> go after the boss, right? Like the big boss guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen the French. Yeah, I didn't know it was a remake. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so it's weird. It's that basic premise, but it's really well done. The action scenes are great. Marsha Gay Harden, I I love her in everything, but she's yeah, she's great. Just wicked as hell in this um and grillo and mackie they have a great chemistry it's not like the greatest chemistry on screen of all time but they they both have different energies that still vibe with each other really well and there's just enough comedy where it doesn't seem forced or goofy um but just very natural kind of when you're in like a shitty stressful situation you'd kind of tell like a dark joke to each other um so yeah it's it's solid. It's not amazing, but solid. It's definitely worth your time. I I liked Mayhem okay, but I I did like this one more than Mayhem. So, yeah, it, it's if you're just in the mood for like a well-made, solid action movie uh, with a really great cast, I I would definitely check out Point Blank. Now on Netflix, no matter. What the producers tell you or don't tell you, it is on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, they're so terrible. Like, it's, it's, and that's the thing. It's like the movies they don't talk about are the ones that I like or the ones that they don't promote. Um, but yeah, it's, they have this weird algorithm. And yeah. honestly, like, I, I imagine the filmmakers are making a lot of money, some more, more power to them. But I, I hate this only on Netflix type thing and then just not enough people know about it or see it. Like, it's it's very aggravating. 
Yeah. No, so, we're we're in a weird wild west time. Yeah, it's like even the night comes for right us. Now. Literally, the night comes for us is probably the best action movie in the past like ten years, and just it completely went under a lot, a lot of people's radar unless you were at a festival. Have either of you seen I, The Night Comes for Us? No, it's on my. I've, I've marked it to watch. All right. Yeah, same. If thing. I watch Point Blank today, you have to watch The Night Comes for Us today. Okay. And then yeah. text me after well, you're done because it's gonna it will fucking melt your fucking <laughs> face. Like, it's it's an, an incredible like it's 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 better than the raid for me. And that's really? saying, and that's saying really? a lot. Yeah. That's a tall. That's a tall order. It's. I don't yeah. remember. Did you guys like the ritual? Um. Yeah. I I thought the ritual was fine. I loved it. Yeah, I, I loved, loved it. it. I've seen it twice already, and that's another one that kind of that's so good. Yeah, I think that one got well known kind of in the horror community uh-huh. a bit, but um, Jazz stop eating the bone. <laughs> yeah, which was great. So hey, Sean. Huh? Is, is it my turn or is it uh, Brad's turn now? It's your turn. Oh. It's my turn again? Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're going to have to wrap up after this. Oh, okay. Um, um, thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, it's Saturday morning. Things are about to, like, the house is going to start stirring and it's just going to all turn all Sunday. Sunday. shit. Sunday morning. Sunday. I know, but uh, weekend, so I, 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 I wish, I mean, I wish it was Dude, that this way. this could be my kids. last episode ever. You do realize that, right? I, we got, yeah, we got, uh, Brad has a hurricane directly on the way to him, but I thought it turned towards North Carolina. It's, no? yeah, this morning it became a Category 5, and it's gonna, Yeah, I saw the photo, I was like, oh, God. Yeah, fuck you, Dorian. Hey, Dorian, fuck off. It's going to go over uh, Orlando, so it's definitely going to. All right. Well. Yeah. I think you're going to be okay. Uh, I think you're going to be okay. But, well, um, I'll definitely, I'll definitely survive, but, um, like, Last time a hurricane hit, we were out without power for a few days, oh, and it fuck. was pretty bad around town. Um, well, it, up. are you still, stocked up? Do you have your Do you have your stuff all, all ready to go? Your yeah, uh, plenty of movies. Um, <laughs> food, <and shit. laughs> number food one, water. plenty of movies. <laughs> yeah, no, we got snacks. We got some. We got some water. Um, like we're further inland to where it it yeah. it does do a lot of damage still. So don't get me wrong. Like yeah. we yeah. like in our neighborhood neighborhood um we um where we were living when the last big one hit like there was a tree that went right through somebody's living room like completely demolished the house like the house was no longer livable at all so that was like right down the street for me um so like it does do a lot of damage but we're so far inland that the damage is minimal to that extent like you have to understand when i say minimal like houses are still destroyed people do die but it's not like anything yeah. like on the coast so just comparatively oh, yeah it's right. it's it, like pe- people I, like i know you have earthquakes um but um hurricanes like this one definitely if it does go over florida it's no joke like it's bad it's gonna be wow. people will die it's bad all right, uh, so I will uh, make something happen. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about yeah. Um, Geostorm. Well, yeah. Any no. more kissing party movies? <laughs> Go for it. No. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about John Wick Chapter Three, because um, that's the. I think it's the last movie I actually watched, and I was actually like kind of disappointed by it, which is oh, weird because I'm I'm on. usually like 
pulling for a movie, and I'm usually trying to keep things positive. Come on. I liked it as an action movie, but I feel like it didn't deliver on the setup of John Wick 2, where John Wick all of a sudden has like all the assassins after him. And it starts out that way, and it's great, but it almost becomes like two video, like, like the movie was fun, but I would rather like play the video game. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it almost starts off with too much going on, and he's almost, he's completely indestructible. Um, the the timeline in this film is like, well, I know, but the timeline in this film is like, what, like a week to two weeks is, like, has only gone, gone by? If even that, yeah, like a week. I don't even, yeah, it's just a few weeks. Yeah. So it's like, He's fallen out of buildings, like getting shot multiple times. Like it's just, but I don't know. And then, and then, the, and one of the things I've really liked about the John Wick movies is they've kept things pretty much practical. There's a CG action scene in this that completely took me out of the movie. That was just too perfect and too like, I don't know, like a fast moving action scene on a on a on a highway with motorcycles. You can always tell when the CG happens. And it's it's just for a movie that has a a series has been tried to keep things practical, practical stunts, practical effects to have that. It's like uh, I don't think I don't know. But, you know, I I didn't really like that they did that. But um, but as a whole, like, I feel like it kind of flounders. Like, I don't I don't feel like the plot's been moved on any forward. Like, I feel like we yeah, we've learned a little more about the I guess the politics involved with this, 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 this hitman organization. Um, but it kind of stalls after all the crazy action and then, and then it kind of goes back and it, I don't feel like anything's really resolved. They kind of lead things to set up for another one. And at this point I'm like, it's almost like it's, it's almost too much. All like, right. I don't know where we can go from here, As but I don't to, know if you guys have seen John McClure or not, but to, to quote that's the awful song. president Trump. Oh God. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> oh. I could be wrong. I, I know. Shut up. <laughs> so John Wick three, um, I think is really, really, really fucking fun. Um, I do like the second one the most than the first one than the third one. So I, I will say that it's my least favorite of the three, but it's still, still I still liked it. I, it still, still holds up really well. I will say the only part that I would take out, I would take out Halle Berry and the Morocco action sequence. Because it felt like they were on set of a Universal Studios backlot during mm-hmm. that Morocco dog fight scene. The dogs are great. All that stuff was fun. But it looks really cheap. Yeah. Um, and Halle Berry is really awful in the movie. Like I, she is I, very miscast, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know mm-hmm. why, like, of all the people, like, she's, she's not a great actress to me. Like, like she's, she's good. in like, she's good at monsters ball, but like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that Halle Berry's in, like, she's just not, she's not charismatic. She's <laughs> not like, she just doesn't have that. She's stuff. really good she, in the call. Oh, that's movies. She's good done too, yeah. yeah, that movie's good too. Yeah. Um, but she's just, she doesn't have that charisma. Like a lot of the actors do in John wick. Like with Willem Dafoe, um, you know, Larry Fishburne, uh, um, 
the uh, Ian McShane, yeah, freaking yeah, chewing Ian glass, McShane. man. That guy is just yeah, like I like all, I love Ian McShane. People like even the villains are really really likable, and Halle Berry just doesn't fit the mold of what this yeah. universe of John Wick has created. Um, but I still think it holds up. I rewatched it myself. I think it hits really, really hard. Um, I think the action sequences are really well done. Um, but I did feel that the 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 action sequences were because I feel like John Wick Two was like Michael Mann on cocaine. Yeah, I, I love know? John Wick Two. Love it. And and the first one was so fresh and new to us mm-hmm. that even with a generic story again you have these likable characters these these awesome relationships you have the attachment with a dog you know even though we laugh at it it was like man that really fucking you know that works um but i i still think it's a great action movie i, I don't really see any problems yeah. with it other than the how no, thing to be honest with you i just i, I think she yeah. just falls too flat I think that's just for me. It just falls a little flat. But there's one moment I did love. It's when uh, him and this other hitman who's been his nemesis are sitting on the couch. Oh yeah, no, it's in great. a safe zone, yeah. and you he's mean, like, "I'm sorry, Sean, I'm a big you mean fan." Mark Dacascos, like, I mean Mark Dacascos. You say like Mark Dacascos. Okay. I don't have the names in my head. I don't. I'm not <laughs> like you, Brad. I'm not like, I'm not like a walking uh, encyclopedia. But yeah, Mark Dacascos. But you should know, <laughs> you should know who Mark Dacascos is, Sean. I know Mark Dacascos. I know. Okay, that. I'm, okay. I'm good with faces, not names. I'm just saying. He's like literally one of the the best martial artists in the world. So just saying. he's great. But what I love is like you. All of a sudden, he's he's this big fan, and they're in this. Oh no, it's know, perfect. It's really neutral zone. So good, and it's just wonderful, wonderful scene. No, I like it, and I, and I think I. I think I'd want to um, see these, like rewatch them as the you know in succession. But I, like I said, I still liked it. I feel like compared to John Wick two and even John Wick, it's a, it is a step down. But that that happens with once movies go you know into three and four. Uh, I'll be inter- uh, interested to see like how they resolve these things in four. But I feel like things are stretched to get to another movie. Is how I felt. But as an action movie man, you're not going to see any better action in like a Hollywood type film. Like it's, it's awesome. So there's some, there is some awesome action stuff in it. So, Steph, have you seen John Wick three? No? Yeah, I I loved it. You loved so, it. I I think you're one of the most negative reviews I've heard about it, <laughs> and and you liked it. So. So like I I think in comparison, in comparison, I was a little let down. But it like I said, uh. Sometimes yeah, things like this, the rewatch is a lot better. Maybe my expectations were a little too high. Who knows? I don't know. But, but cool. All right. Um, well, we're going to wrap up uh, this episode. Um, next episode, Mike should be on his first inaugural episode. And um, I, well, I think we're going to try to do, we need to try to do some sort of, we need to rein it in because all of us doing what's under dressed up is going to last, like it's going to be like a five hour episode. So, um, so we'll figure something out. We'll, we'll hone it in. We'll chisel, we'll chisel it in, chisel it down. Um, but what's everyone, (laughs) we all got to do a little bit of plugs. I, of course I got to do a little, uh, a plug because I've been doing the audio books. Brad, he's going to talk about them, but, um, my my most recent release, um, my most recent release is a book by Isaac Thorne and, uh, he follows us. Uh, he listens to the show and, um, 
I would be remiss not to mention it because um, I really like as far as a book goes, The Gordon Place is an awesome, uh, awesome book, awesome novel to read. Um, a cool little kind of twist on a haunted house type story. And um, so definitely like me being able to narrate it, I felt I was like honored to, honored to narrate it. I think I, didn't, I think I did an OK job. Some people, you know, I don't know. But uh, it's out and it's doing it's actually doing really well. I'm really happy with it. And um, so check it out if you haven't. At least read the book. If you don't want to hear my voice, fine. At least buy the book or, or whatever. Get on your Kindle. I guess you can do like free. I don't know. But read the book. It's really good. And uh, and that's all I got to, to promote. Follow me on Twitter. Sean C. DeRager. Wow, that's really uh, good. Stephanie? Stephanie? You just want to promote the audio book. I don't have anything. Well, I will say. You write, um, you write for things. Come on. Yeah, nobody cares about that. And, you're, you're so, on, and, and you and good old Brian Sauer do a lot of podcasting. You do a lot of podcasting. Promote your uh, shit. Come on. Both Brad and I will be at Fantastic Fest. He's he's like a big time Hollywood guy. He'll be wheeling and dealing. <laughs> but I will be updating the Screencast website with reviews and yeah. everything. So keep an eye out for that. And if this will come out before then, I'm guessing. Sean? Yeah, it's just yeah, hustle yeah, it on out. No editing needed in this one. Was, um. <laughs> so if, if you listen to this and it's before Fantastic Fest, if there's any specific movies you'd uh, especially like to read a review for, let me know. And I'll do my best to get All of them. Very nice. Yeah, I don't need to sleep or function. It's cool. Yeah. How many movies you plan on seeing? As many as possible. I think I did pretty well at South by, and that was my first one ever. How many now I'm seasoned. Now I'm a veteran. I don't yeah. know how to count. I think the most you can do at Fantastic Fest with press is like 45. Done. Oh. <laughs> Done. Wow. Without hesitation. <laughs> I think I think average people do like 25. But all right. I got well, well, come on. You, you oh. do whatever. What the hell ever. You're all over Twitter promoting vinegar syndrome. You're all over uh, promoting uh, what's that other company you, you, that that you um, well, that does like all these crappy Walmart movies. What's that? What's that company? Wow! Wow! Thanks. You got um, you got stuff to promote. Come on, promote your shit. Self promotion. Crappy Walmart movies. <laughs> I feel like this is gonna be the last episode for a different reason. <laughs> hey, come Sean, on! I, you know I give wild eye shit. I'm just how, kidding. How many come Walmart on. Movies have you seen? Dude, Velocipaster is the shit. Have you seen it? What? No, but I like don't, the idea of it. I'll probably watch it. <laughs> so sad. Don't, don't promote it if you haven't seen. Uh, uh, I'll see a Fantastic Fest. That's about it. All right. Cool. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to all of you next time. Uh, go to thescreamcast.com for uh, past episodes. Find us on Twitter, scream underscore cast. And, uh, and we'll be... Uh, we'll be Putting stuff out more regularly. Um, Club Scum members, we gotta give that. We gotta give them a shout out. Thank, thanks all of you who have hung on. Uh, I know you're all barely hanging on, and uh, but you guys actually helped get. You know, I think I mentioned this before. Get Stephanie a new microphone, which was, yeah, she got Stephanie a new microphone, and we were able to get uh, good old Mike Delaney a, a microphone to use. So, um, so thank you guys for helping keep the show going as far as that goes. And uh, we're going to be, um, you know, we're not going away anytime soon. I know this year has been a bit uh, stagnant, but. Um, it's but, a big transitionary year for 
It's most big, of it. It, is, it is. We're doing a lot, but I'm never, I don't ever want to let this thing go. So uh, I'm going to keep grasping onto the Screamcast with my cold dead hands. Uh, all right. With that awful, stupid joke, uh, I'll talk to all of you guys next week. Bye. 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 Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.